Hello and welcome to the fourth and final part of the Omen franchise in 2006's remake. Quick story about this before I dive into it. On the 6th of the 6th, 2006, I saw this in a cinema and just as the opening credits, uh, the lights went off and the whole cinema was shrouded in darkness for a few minutes. So we sat there thinking this was a joke for the movie, being the 6th of the 6th of the 6th, but nope, two nervous looking ushers came wandering down the aisle carrying flashlights, saying that the entire shopping centre um, and block, it's what an American way, was having a mysterious power cut as nothing was working. So they had to give us refunds, which I took. I went to another cinema to see X-Men 3. So after that kind of spooky event, I guess it's on for the show. On to the supposed curse, which didn't really raise its head in this movie, which means the PR team didn't do their job right, as all they cared about was release date at the 6th of the 6th of the 6th. However, watching the behind the scenes of this movie, 40 minutes I will never get back by the way, oof, it shows the director being an incompetent idiot, blaming the quote-unquote curse for everything that went wrong, such as losing the scene where Thorn cuts Damien's hair to reveal the 666 mark, or having to do the nanny hanging scene twice because they lost the audio. Anyway, moving on to this movie itself. The plot. Well, it was pretty much a shot-for-shot -shot remake of 1976 classic, so I'm not going to bother with that one. Starring Liev Schreiber, Joya Stiles, David Thruis, Mia Farrow, Pete Possefwaite, and Seamus Davy Fitzpatrick as the latest Damien, and a blink and mystic cameo of Michael Gambon. So this movie is basically a shot-for-shot -shot remake, even though the writer claims he never saw the original 1976 classic. Bullshit, I say. Except this one has an even worse timeline than Omen 3, as the movie opens on June the 5th, 2000, when a priest uses a telescope to spot three stars in the sky. He takes this information to his cardinal, who then passes it on to the Pope. However, as the Cardinal is giving his speech and presentation, he shows shots of 9-11, meaning this can't be 2000, but 2001, at least. However, then there's something wrong there, because this is supposed to be June and not September. Hmm. Also, it says Damien is 6, making this 2000. So, there's a cock-up in the timeline there also, so hmm, moving on. So, much like the original, the nanny kills herself by hanging herself off the top of the house, which, according to the director's commentary, had to be shot twice as the footage went missing and the audio wasn't recorded properly. Before that, I should say, do not listen to the director's commentary as all he talks about was how great such and such an actor is, how much money was wasted setting up shots such as spending $25,000 on crows that were never used because it could probably never fly correctly, and how this is all shot in Prague, apart from one or two scenes that were shot in Italy. Oh yes, the one piece of interesting information I got from this director's commentary was there is something red in every single scene of this movie. Something to look out for next time you watch this movie, or have a drinking game for it. Yes, and I should say the red means evil, which is why Damien is always wearing something red in it, or on him. One final thing, the in Damien's bedroom, the wallpaper has 666 all over the place. Anyway, much like the original, Robert Thorne gets the American ambassador's job to Great Britain after the former ambassador is killed. However, in this he is killed by a traffic jam, which according to the director's commentary wasn't planned and didn't have permission from the Italian government as this was shot in Rome. 
All they done was got some grip to stall his car in rush hour Roman traffic, and they done the explosion. However, this explosion was bigger and more powerful than they thought, and to get into all sorts of trouble with the Italian government. At Damien's fifth birthday party, not sixth as it is said later on in the movie, the nanny is the nanny, played by Amy Huck, is possessed by a black German Shepherd dog. Apparently this was supposed to be used in the original, but they couldn't find it in the original in Britain in the 70s, so they went with Rottweilers instead. And she jumps off the roof, hanging herself, shouting for Damien to look. Again, as an original, Damien waves at the hellhound and smiles. Again, Jennings, the photographer, played by David Thewis, is there to take pictures of both the nanny and Father Brennan, played by Pete Possewaite. What, they couldn't get a former doctor? Oh, dear God. Also, he has none of which Patrick Troughton had in spades, showing how they would all die in their pictures. On to the new nanny, Mrs. Baylock, played by Mia Farrell, doing her best anti-Mary Poppins. And you've guessed it, according to the just commentary, she was a bit of a quote-unquote handful, or a bit bug nuts. Wait, I forgot to mention Robert Thorne, played by Lee Shriver, who did his best with this terrible script, but isn't in Gregory Peck's shadow, and Catherine Thorne, played by Julia Stiles, who, unlike the original actress, actually did the fall from the banister or balcony. That was 35 feet straight down, and all she was wearing was one harness. Oh, dear God. Then there's the newest Damien, Seamus Davy Fitzpatrick, the first American to play Damien. And I'm sorry, but this little kid was not scary. He came off more bratty to me, as all he does is stare at the camera, and he hardly says more than 10 things throughout the whole movie. And I know the director thought this was this whole staring act was scary, but sadly it's not, it's more annoying. According to the behind the scenes, no one told Seamus he was playing the Antichrist. However, on the last day of filming, he turned to the director and said, I'm the devil, shouldn't I smile more? To which apparently the, the director had shivers down his spine when he heard that. On to the things that annoyed me about this movie. The terrible CG and the awful soundtrack slash audio. Such as Father Brennan's death Ennis is a complete utter CG mess, with the church's lightning rod smashing through a stained glass window which window which isn't in a bloody well frame. Oh god, which again has some terrible CG in it. I'm gonna move on because I'm getting annoyed at this, it's bloody awful. After Brennan's death, Thorne gets an email from Jennings telling him about the priest's death, also what he found about the nanny's death, and how he's next, showing the picture of him with the line going across his neck. Meanwhile, creepily feeding Damien strawberries, Mrs. Baylock gets Damien to knock his mother off her stool, killing the baby she's carrying, and leading to Mrs. Baylock killing her in the hospital with an air bubble in her IV drip. Then the infamous kiss of death, which wasn't in the script, and apparently Mia Farrell done on the set, scaring Julia Stiles almost to death. <laughs> Jeez. So with his wife dead and unborn baby dead, he hunts down Damien's real mother. He finds his real son's dead body after getting attacked by devil dogs, which both Shriver and Thewis did their own stunts for. He hunts down Berhagen, played in a blink and you miss it cameo by Michael Gamblin, who gives him the newly designed Christ Daggers, telling him he must be killed as he is the Antichrist. Refusing to do this and throwing the daggers away, Jennings loses his heads, his head in some terrible CGI effects from a sign, this time and not a pane of glass window. So returning to London, 
He finally cuts Damien's hair, finds a 66 mark, and after dealing with the Howlhound and Mrs. Baylock, so the Howlhound Mrs. Baylock found earlier in the movie, and fighting off Mrs. Baylock, according to the director, Mia Farrell did all her own stunts. So leaving the house, he runs over Baylock and speeds off to Nudist Church, where he gets gunned down by armed police. So, much like the original, Damien is handed over to the President of the United States, smiles at the camera as credits roll. So that was the Omen remake. A so-so remake with absolutely no scares. And I forgot to mention the fucking awful dream sequences that go absolutely nowhere. And they're just forced in. Also, as I said in the first podcast, uh, I wasn't doing the supposed fourth omen, which I should have done because that one is far better than this piece of garbage. I would say give that one a, a watch, but bear in mind this is a 90s made-for-TV movie, and it is bloody terrible. But it's better than this. Overall, I'm going to give this a lonely 4 out of 10. So overall, the omen franchise is a bit of a wet squib. It has one classic and the other ones are fucking awful. So moving on, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me movie suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Come back next week where I look at the Fly franchise. So bye.